Thank you very much for joining us for another week of Ice the Kicker podcast. It is week eight. Can't believe we are actually at week eight. Um, the NFL season gets better and better every single week. And that's what we try to do with this podcast is represent what's been happening in the week and look forward to what is happening in week eight. My name is Tom Deacon and the right honourable gentleman next to me is the one only Mr. Charlie Hawkins. Charlie, um, epic week of NFL and I'm so glad to be back from Philadelphia. I'm so glad you're back. I've missed you, my man. Like you said, we're a couple of days late this week, but it's definitely a week that has had a lot of news and we just can't wait to get started. Yeah, we can't indeed. Um, Because also... uh, Big shout out to the, uh, well, we're now three digits worth of, of uh, followers on our Twitter, which is at Ice the Kicker Pod. Um, we are also now, big news, revelations, yes, please, uh, on our Instagram. <laughs> uh, we're all about Instagram as well. So we're going to be posting lots of pictures to check it out. Um, I was doing that during the Philadelphia Eagles match that I was at against the Panthers. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, what is on the playbook today? I know that you are keen to know this. There is so much news to get into we will do that we'll have our quiz question plus we need to talk about those teams uh it's all about the win now two teams we need to talk about plus we'll have a recap on the twitter poll plus the some of the games we don't want to go too much into the games this week because i feel like recording on the thursday we want to highlight the games that are coming up we'll have the usual pup fantasy and boom or bust um but charlie where do we start in the news this week we have to start with the news as we do every week, and there is a lot of news this week. But first and foremost, we're going to take you back a little bit, and it is the news that Shard Khan, the Jaguars owner and Fulham Football Club owner, is pulling out of the deal to buy Wembley. What does this mean as NFL fans, fans in the UK, especially other football? It just Where does this leave us? Tom, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, straight away, for me, uh, I'm, I've noticed, uh, which I was going to talk about, uh, being at the Eagles, the, the Link Stadium, uh, it, basically, you can get Wi-Fi uh, wherever you are in the stadium, and it's really good. Like, I could have downloaded some Netflix stuff to watch on the subway getting back to the hotel, but in Wembley, it does need an upgrade. It needs something. It needs a little bit of a boost. Wi-Fi would be amazing. I mean, you, you even mentioned, Charlie, when you were at the Titans Chargers game, the fact that it just says, post this with this hashtag. You can't get 4G in there. So yeah. so I think as a fan, the experience with with, with Khan uh, pulling out of it, I think there could have been some development and money going into it, which I'm not saying you don't, you don't get a good experience at the moment as an NFL fan, but it would be nice to upgrade it, take it to the next level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but from an NFL standpoint... Uh, it's a strange one because this deal has been in the offing for a while. And, and as we speak about, hopefully we get an NFL franchise over here in the UK. Does this affect those plans? Does it halt those plans somewhat? But um, Because these are the Jaguars. Um, exactly. And, and, and they are like, they, they, they come over every year. They have a really solid following in the UK. I think they're everyone's second team if they're not your first team. So it is a tricky one. Um, I actually was a fan of the deal, and I know a lot of people really split on this. And why I was a fan of the deal is because there was some kind of clause in the contract where the NFL, uh, the FA over here, uh, the England national football team, would still be their home whenever they was playing home international games, you know, FA Cup games. They still had the um, the main rights to all the games. It was going to go hand in hand. Like you said, Khan was going to revamp the stadium and then the NFL games would be played here and it would give the money back for grassroots football of the uh, the normal football over here. So I, I, I liked the deal. And, it was a win-win. And I, it was a win-win. And especially 
would this mean that the Jags maybe would come over with a team? Or if a team did get here, it would have been easier negotiations because Calm was already in the NFL. Now people are saying, is this not going to happen at all because the FA are holding on to the stadium? I'm not so sure where it leaves an NFL franchise or how I feel about one because I know people are also split on that. That's a debate for another day. But um, as NFL fans... I just want as much NFL here as possible. So yeah. whether that means a team or a permanent stadium, as long as we keep getting games, because however we look at it, it's our passion. It's grown over here. And that's because we've got games here and I would never be one to turn down more or just, I'm so excited that we get to see different NFL teams. Like I said, I went on Sunday, every different jerseys. We've had 29 out of the 32 over here. So it, it was big news. Um, I was pretty surprised that the deal uh, didn't quite happen, but where this leaves us, I suppose, it's a waiting game, isn't it now? No one likes change and no one likes it fast. And no, no more one... than me. No, and and basically I, I feel like that's, that's the situation. I, I think it's a investment could have come in. Um, so it, it, it's a bit of a loss. Um, massive news before we move on. The, the fact that we have got another interview on this show uh, with the we main man. We didn't even mention it at the start. I know. We're so I... used to it. We're getting complacent. No, it's not complacent. I'm not going to call it that. It's just excitement to get into everything. Uh, we have got an interview with the one and only Mr. E-Rock from NBC Philadelphia. I managed to catch up with him ahead of the game um, down in Philadelphia. That is coming up so do not miss that and don't be doing that usual thing i know what you're like you will fast forward you that little cut 15 the... second window you, you get know, on and, I know, you and i know people forward. are cheating as well charlie when they i'll give them a quiz in a minute and then they start going straight to the end of the show no no don't be doing that um yeah uh big news can't not get in that investment but you know what i feel like it's gonna be all right positive is we're still gonna have nfl games coming over yeah we've got the agreement with tottenham so we know we're good but obviously it is a concern for the future franchise but we're, we're getting games here so we can't we can't worry too much. It's just got to play out. It was a slow news week last week. And now I feel like, I don't even know if this is a phrase. It's a fast news week. Um, another firing. Uh, Mike have McCoy. I got news for you? Yes, you have. Yeah, uh, it is thick and fast. Mike McCoy, uh, the Cards uh, offensive um, coach, have fired. That's, it was it was inevitable. It was coming. Um, to happen mid-season is a bit odd. Um, why not wait till the end? You know your season's kind of a write-off, not to have a go at the Cards fans. But... Uh, Saying that, the only team they've beaten is the Niners. Uh, and I'm a Niners fan. But but it, it's interesting they're getting rid of it now. Like, test out someone new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it was a week ago, but it's still massive news. We've got to that point in the season where we are sadly starting to see unfirings, which is obviously unfortunate for those involved and those franchises. But it's a funny one with Mike McCoy because he's sort of, he's been around the league. He was head coach of the Chargers. He was at the Broncos offensive coordinator, now the Cardinals. And... It, it, apparently his playbook's quite complicated. His scheme is very... There's a lot to it. There's a lot to know. It was a lot on Rosen's plate. You know, they. it was a real annoying, frustrating period for them that they just couldn't get David Johnson going. Someone who is a running back but can receive as well when he wanted to do a thousand yards in rushing and receiving. So... But they had Bradford. They had Bradford to ease things through. But obviously, that didn't work. Well, they wanted to save money, that whole cap argument. And they've got a new head coach as well, Steve Wilkes. And, you know, we spoke on it in the pod many times. We get to that finger pointing stage and someone's got to take blame. And who is it? It normally falls on an offensive coordinator before the head coach or the GM. Um, And and if if we're going purely on statistics, you know, they're 32 in in a lot of those characters, um, those categories. So it's easy to blame Mike McCoy. And it's just a shame, I think. And, and I like the Cardinals. So, um, yeah, it, it, he's, he's been fired and 
it hasn't clicked though. And 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 to be fair, it, they even tried to simplify uh, the playbook. But yeah. It's, it's not working. In my humble opinion, um, they're a team that's going to have to rebuild a lot of things. You can't get rid of the head coach. Of, he's just come in. So someone, someone, someone's head goes on the block and it's like, well, we've not really scored many points. Interesting enough, I think that's what pushed um peterson to, to start asking for a trade you know he's at his peak massively uh, in in terms of uh interceptions you've got uh richard sherman right at the top there with 32 since 2011 and then peterson's peterson's down someone's there. up to his research game well someone was in america and let me tell you mate it is thick and fast it is non-stop and i was loving it and my girlfriend was hating the fact i was watching it non-stop but also loving it because she's an eagles fan but it's interesting that Peterson's now like, trade me, get rid of me, because mm. we, we're not doing anything. This is a rebuild year for but them. But if it is in a rebuild year, were those changes too drastic? I know on Cardinals Twitter, we sometimes speak to them, the, the British UK fan base over here, and they were calling for his head. But Rosen's a new quarterback. He's a young quarterback. Now, is he going to have to learn another playbook with someone else coming in? Is that even more free on his plate? I don't know. And if we are in a rebuilding mode, things take time, you know? Time, uh, time is one luxury the NFL it, does not exactly. have. Exactly, we don't have it. NFL stands for not for long. So, next guy up. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm sad. Hopefully, Mike McCoy can get another job around the league. But um, you know, you know, you never want to see a guy lose his job. But maybe it was the right call. Again, it's one that time will tell. There's so many talking points. Um, well, obviously, we're, we're recording this podcast going out today uh, on a Thursday. I feel like everything's been talked about. But tell me, you have not seen. You must. You, the Cooper. Amari Cooper going from the Oakland Raiders. That, to me, massive trade. Dallas Cowboys, uh, it's been quite obvious that they've needed a wide receiver. Cole Beasley's been doing very well. And the man who runs very fast, I think he gallops. Uh, he has been uh, in, in very cheap. good for the... That was a cheap shot, I'm sorry. But the Cowboys have been doing very well. But they needed someone after Dez Have Bryant. they? I think they've needed someone. I think... Yeah, but have they been doing well? I think that... No. But they've been doing... <laughs> As much as you'd expect from 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 mm. the roster, um, defense started to play better. Cooper's gone, first round pick. What do you make of it, Charlie? Um, Who gets the better deal here? Well, see, I'm, again, I'm split on this because some people say Cowboys paid paid far too heavy a price. But again, I don't think you can write off any young talent, especially when that young talent has already been to the Pro Bowl. I mean, so he, he has it in him. It's not potential. He's reached it. He just needs to get back to that. Was he was he part of a poor team? Was he part of a poor scheme? What 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 happened there for Cooper? I believe he can get to it. Can he get to it with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? I'm not so sure because they do prefer to run it. Um, we shall see. But it's one of those, and I hate to use it, but time will tell. If, if he... We go back to the season 16 Cooper and he starts putting up thousand yard um, seasons and multiple touchdowns. First round picks, not, we're not going to be speaking about that, you know, because draft picks are a gamble. We've spoken about this on great length. You're not always going to hit on them, but it's far easier to hit on them when you're the Raiders and you have three in the first round. Yeah, so that, that's basically what's happened. The Raiders are now going to choose, essentially in the NFL, uh, I, I feel like I'm telling you how to, too much information here, but, but at the same time, in the draft, your best players go first. It's like being at school. You, yeah. you pick the best players. They can be a, a boom or a bust, but nine times out of ten, your first pick is in the best player for that best position. And Amara Cooper, they, they've given uh, a first pick um, to uh, you know the Raiders, and now they've got three potential best players that join the team for a small fee, uh, basically compared to. So, so they have. Well, the paid... Raiders have five picks in the first two rounds, so they 
they've got a very good chance of getting some some elite players anyway, and like higher percentage of striking on those picks. But and and apparently next year's draft class isn't wide receiver heavy. So and if the Cowboys pick in the first twenty five and the Raiders now hold that, would they have got that? Would they have got that? And Cooper's so young, we forget. So uh, it's hard to say who paid more or who got the better deal. But I think it's always a good deal if teams come away and they feel like they got the better deal. Mm. And I would think if you ask Raider fans or the front office of both teams, they'd be pretty happy. And yeah. again, we can only see. But um, the Raiders have made some strange things. I'll never agree with the, the Khalil Mack one. Uh, Cooper, they need him. But if they're in a rebuild and they got a first pick, they could probably get someone who's who's there or thereabouts. But it well, is a strange one. Um, only a couple of years ago, they, they were playoff bound and Derek Carr had, had a, you know, I think it was a leg injury of some description and they did not have a good second quarterback, uh, unlike the Philly Eagles when they had Nick Foles to step in. But they, um, they, they really just kind of fumbled there and then and now they're paying the price for it and trying to offload it. It's definitely rebuilding. Exactly. It's, it's, it's rebuild slash tanking without admitting it because I think when you uh, ultimately uh, trade away the best maybe defensive player pass rusher in the league and your, your best wide out player, um, what else are you saying? In, in terms of someone that did pick up, though, uh, Dan Carlson uh, has just come to them. Um, the man from the Vikings uh, missed two field goals against uh, your team, the Packers, and uh, now he's he's got himself a team. So it works out well. So it's, it's kind of, do you know what? It's, it's the circle of life when it comes to the NFL. You get kicked and then you wait a couple of weeks and then boom, you're back into another team. Well, that's it. And especially for someone that was drafted and we don't normally see kickers and punters drafted. So he obviously had a special leg, a special talent. And like I said, we're... we're it is a results-based uh, business, but we're so quick to write people off. Like, right, cut him, he's done. And I'm, I'm glad that these people have, have got a job and he's found somewhere else. Although, at the minute, the Raiders aren't the most stable franchise. I hope he doesn't uh, mess up or he's tr- he could be traded by the time this is released. So, uh, yeah, but I'm glad for Daniel Carlson. Yeah, um, in terms of um, people being cut, we talked about it for the Jags. They needed a running back after Fournette went down and they got Jamal Charles. But unfortunately, he, he, he had a good look around the building, probably used the facilities a little bit, maybe a little, I'm sure there's a jacuzzi, a pool and what have you. Had a bit of Florida rehab. sunshine. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, he's now been shown the door why Carlos Hyde big trade from the Browns going to the Jags now I I like Carlos Hyde and I feel I was looking at his contract how much he's going to get he's a good running back that's going to come in and and do do the business for the Jags until Fournette comes back and then you got uh, yelled in there um to 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 step in but I think that's a good look for the, the the Jags and they definitely need it at the moment when Bortles getting benched in the third quarter yeah I really like this move by the Jags because Hyde is a more than capable brilliant running back to uh be a substitute for Fournette while Fournette's out but also we've seen in the league how good a hammer one-two punch works and when you're a team like the Jaguars who are a ground game uh, that's their type of play. It could be a one-two punch, Fournette and Hyde, even with Yeldon. So that's brilliant. And maybe not get as much wear and tear on Fournette, you know, because, all right, throw Hyde in, throw Yeldon in. So it could work. And maybe Hyde's go into a better situation, but it was really the Hyde trade that kicked off this mini wave of trade bonanza. And I get so excited, Tom. It's like Christmas. I see these trades. <laughs> it's like transfer deadline day, but it lasts a week. And it's it's... 
they come from nowhere. You know, you get that yeah. little notification. It's like, oh, they're trade, trade. And there's 32 teams. You don't know who. Sometimes they're like, okay, we, we saw that coming. But then it's like, hi, what? Why have they, they just signed in? And honestly. Why did they? Why did they? Because cause I looked at it and I went, why have they got rid of Hyde? They just got him from the Niners. He didn't fit the Niners system with Shanahan. Uh, but it's because they've got two other running backs. Well, right? We've got two others. So I suppose running backs, you, you need depth, but you don't need three who, who are potentially... Not yet, but could be have a same ceiling. They're all very, very good. So, and you can't give the snaps to all of them. So, with Duke Johnson and the young kid Nick Chubb, who they love apparently in the building, then him, sorry, Hyde would become a little bit more dispensable. I, I guess. It, it, so it's money. Suppose, Is it, it, yeah, comes down to money. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. For what Chubb's on a rookie contract, but it comes down to money, and they they got a little bit for Hyde with a draft pick. So. I think, like we said, with the Trey Zola Cooper, both teams fought win-win. But I just get so excited. It's like when we see that, and then we like, who, who's been traded? What team? We're like, for what What? what compensation? And it's almost like I you're, tweet. It's like you're a kid at school, and you know when you like trading stickers, and you like you try to trade like <laughs> a shiny. Or, yeah, you're trying to get that shiny. You're like, you've already got it. Yeah, but it's shiny. That's shiny. And you yeah, just yeah. want it. But the it's interesting to know, like when you look at it, you're like, well, what are they going to get for that hide? The, the compensation pick? Is it? Is, mm. Are they going to get a good player? You were talking about the fact that, I mean, my knowledge is not there when it turns to who's coming through the college and who's going to be eligible for the draft. It, it It's it's unclear to know because, for example, the cornerback Apple uh, moved from the Giants to the Saints. The Saints definitely needed someone to to complement on the other side of the mm. field, uh, Lattimore. Um, they, they've got that now, but and they've given up a fourth in the next draft and the year after that, a seventh pick for him. Um, another trade that's happened to just shore things up and, and we have to talk about it. The Saints are going for it. It's win now, isn't it? Oh, it's it's really win now. And like you said, we talk about this draft compensation. And it's funny because there isn't kind of like a, a grading scale on it. So we talk about the first for Cooper and the Patriots got Josh Gordon for a fifth. So who mm. do you want? And at that price for a fifth, I know Josh Gordon's got some, some off-field problems and so on and so forth that we don't really need to talk about. But I mean, Gordon at a fifth and Cooper at a one, that is a gulf in difference in price. And yeah. it's not really a risk at a fifth. So it is, it is hard but, but, how they but, grade but, it. But then it's about what you, who you pick. Because you can make, you can, you could, the Raiders could pick five players in the first two rounds and they all be dog. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not, not in a disrespectful way, but just they do not deliver and you've then wasted Raiders another year. That, yeah. And then, and then you've paid them contract money. And that seems to be the way it goes. And so it's overreaching for players because you mentioned Apple. He was always known to be a decent player coming out of the collegiate level, but he wasn't a first round pick. And even at the time, everyone's like, Giants have overdrafted here. They wanted two other players. They both went just before. And for, for now, the names have uh, slipped to me. But so they reached for Apple and it was a first round pick far too early. But it, but it works for the Saints now because, as you say, they're a win-now team. The other win-now team are the Rams, um, and they're both looking very good at the moment. Yeah, uh, Saints, Rams are 7-0. and Saints have won the last five games after losing the opening game. What a way to bounce back. And They needed to shore like, up that defense just to give themselves a chance going further down the, 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 the season. Oh, completely. But it feels like we talk about Drew Brees every week, and he is just... It, it feels like... He's breaking records left, right, and centre. I mean, it was his 500 touchdown passes. He's now defeated all 32 teams. The Ravens were the last team that he needed to defeat. Um, he's just—I don't know what. Like, I'm, look, as as you can see, I'm lost for words. He just—they do it all. It, it definitely do. Um, you mentioned the the, the Giants. Uh, 
they've obviously let a defensive tackle uh, go to the Lions for a fifth round pick. We may as well talk about it now. Mm. Um, I like this podcast. I think it's going to be a little bit different this week. Um, the thing We're giving the, you the news. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss. Let's get let, involved. Let's get into it. Um, the, the, the Giants seem to be, I'm not saying they're tanking, but mm. they are, they're picking for the future. There's question marks about Manning, uh, Eli, is he good? He gets over 300 yards passing, but you know, is it, can he throw as accurately? Probably not. Has he got protection around him? The Giants are now in that phase as well. And it's, I think, as you say, it's about Christmas. To me, it's quite sad seeing a team on the decline when you know that you like, I'll check back in on them in three years. Like, and, and then you know they're going to be competing mm. again because it's quite sad to see the Giants on this slide, which has been three years sort of kind of roughly. They're never going to be a playoff team for like in my opinion for another two two seasons well i don't know about that because we know in the nfl things can change so quickly but i mean look at last year the eagles zero to first then they went and win a super bowl but so uh, in free agency and the draft but i know what you're saying it, but it's when sad you are to see those big teams like, oh it is sad and but that's the nature of the beast you one year you're there one year you're not but the thing i don't like about the giants is how they was like no eli's great we aren't in rebuilding mode. We're going to get some pieces to uh, complement him. We're going to shore up that line. They brought in Nate Solder. They brought in um, Hernandez. And uh, they draft a running back. We're going to hand it off so Eli hasn't got to do as much. They traded for Ogletree, linebacker. And now, so it's like, no, guys, guys, we're all in. Like We're, this, yeah. we're good. And then they've gone six weeks. Ah, oh, you know what? We, we, we didn't quite realize what we had. So now we're going to start trading away pieces, get some picks. Um maybe like should have we have gone for quarterback and it's like we let Sandano go and he's now there's almost like admitting mistakes in like almost going this year's a right off and you don't want to hear we're all in and six weeks later oh no we are in rebuild mode yeah. it's like it's frustrating for a fan because we're all fickle anyway well it's frustrating that surely this is the front office that's your job Joe Major. like you assess your rush and go guys we can't say we're all in with the state of this squad like no let's do it now <laughs> they have the second pick and now they're they're back where they were last year. Surely they needed to assess those problems. That seems a little bit worrying to me. So it's so it's about the 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 GM having a clear vision for the team that you have in front of you and going right. This is the coach. This is well, how they just we're traded be- Damon Harrison, their defensive tackle, and Eli Apple. So two defensive players. I'm like, well, clearly you're trying to uh, collect more picks here, but you knew the state of the Giants before. You, you come on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they just narrowly lost to the Falcons. Uh, they went for it at two point. It seemed to be that uh, week of it uh, because the Titans went for mm. it with a two point. Um, but hey, the, the the Giants, we'll see what happens with them. One of a... Shout big, out to Old Dodo, the fastest receiver to get 5,000 yards since 1970. And doing a pretend moon at the side of the, the field as well. Did you uh, see that when they tried that... Um... I think it was to get the ball back. I think it was an onside kick or a punch. And right at the end of the game, and the guy that got it, he was trying to, the Falcons player was trying to run, and he just ran into Odell. And Odell was like a brick wall when he bounced back. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. I was like, Odell, that is brilliant. I'm sure Giants, Falcons fans saw it, and it was just a brilliant play. Well, we end. saw it when we went to the MetLife Stadium, uh, the Giants uh, versus the Niners, when uh, myself and Charlie went out to, to New York. And um, we saw it, the catch. It was the week before the the miracle catch, the yeah. one-handed catch. And we saw it. And th- He's got a lot of talent and he's been paid for it. So surely you've got to build around, you know, him. They've got got the weapons. They just, I'm not worried about them offensively. I know they're not putting up points and they're not, Eli doesn't look great, but he actually looks decent in the, in the Falcons game. He, he, when he does get the time, we know he's not mobile, but we know that offensive line is not great. But when he had a bit of time, he was still putting that ball 
on a thread. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. were dimes he was dropping. And some, some good throws. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe people can say I'm too sentimental. But I don't He's... like writing off players, especially ones that have won two Super Bowl. I get that father time is real. And there comes a day when, you know, the next guy needs to come along in the new generation. You haven't got it anymore. But... There's also a thing said to be for there is other contributing factors. I wonder if the the Giants would trade uh, for another quarterback rather than try and take one in the draft. Uh, that that could be. I think New York would be up in arms. I can't see that. Uh, possibly in the draft, but they wouldn't trade for one from another team. I could see that maybe bring someone in because if they get a top five pick and they look like it, that they they have to go there, bring him in under Eli. It's going to be interesting. Uh, one quarterback that will not be uh, starting uh, anytime soon, Chad Kelly. Um, really quite a sad story, that line that came out, because the man was putting up numbers and looked br- like brilliant, but just off-field antics. He's been, he's been cut from the Broncos. But quite an interesting story. He didn't get drafted because of problems he had in college. Uh, yeah, then, he got then, drafted, but, but then really just low. at the yeah. last minute. Yeah. Uh, he was putting up, yeah, like you said, serious numbers in, in preseason. And, I, and I've always liked the Chad Kelly story. I've kind of followed it. I, I knew about his college career. Um, great in high school. A huge catalogue of uh, off-field problems and stuff. And, you know, he, he does need some help. And we really wish that he gets that. But on pure talent and ability alone, uh, he definitely had it. He has a great arm. Um, and it's funny, you know, me and you spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. And I said, hey watch out for Chad Kelly because people are calling for Case because that Broncos fan base is real. It's legit. They, their team's their life down there. It's almost religion. And they weren't winning. Case was having a few iffy games. And uh, people were calling for Chad, you know. They really they bought into Chad as well. And it's sad that now you said to me, no way. But now we are talking about Chad, but not because he's replaced Case in the starting lineup yeah. because, unfortunately, he's been wa- wavered and dropped and, and had the arrest and... I don't know. Maybe he needs to go away and just. There's a few things he has to sort out in his personal life. But the but talent, I hope this the, isn't the end of him in the NFL. Yeah, he's got, definitely got the talent there. Um, this uh, has been the most fun I've had just chatting about the news because it opens up so much is happening with all these trades. Peterson's not going now, is he? From the no, club. I know another. So it's, I mean, it is Christmas for trades because I'm like, I'm like sitting there that side. I was like, refresh, <laughs> refresh. It's like, oh, this tweet was ten seconds ago, eleven seconds. Like, I just waiting for those tweets, waiting for those but he, trade news. But yeah, Peterson. Uh, he talked to the GM and then changed his mind. I don't want to leave. Yeah, Michael Bidwell, the owner, uh, spoke to him and was like, "Look, we know, you know, we know the year we're in. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm guessing what you were saying to him, but pretty much stay with no, us. No, no, keep going. I like, I like, yeah, you, yeah, I like I was fly on the wall. But he said he, they had a great chat and they realised. But it's another one. I, I, I really don't like to sit on the fence. I don't want to sit on the fence. But I, I kind of saw what Peterson was saying. He's someone that has great, given great years of service, but he isn't getting any younger. Not that he's old. He's still actually in his prime, but." That's if, the point. He's, in his, he's saying, in his peak yeah, now. If you're saying to me, if it's true that these teams need two or three years, does Peterson want to wait two or three years or does he want to go to a team that wins now? But on the flip side, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I would be furious with that. I wouldn't want him to leave. So I get it. But you have to see both sides. But he, he, he's come out and he said that he's up for the challenge and he's going to be around. Okay. Uh, still to come, uh, we're going to have that interview that I caught up with E-Rock at Embassy uh, Philadelphia, a uh, bit of a local celeb. Uh, that's on the way. Um, but uh, Charlie, uh, before we do injuries, do you want a quick quiz question? Just to just to just it. to lighten the mood, just to oh. lighten it just a little bit. All right, Charlie. Um, in terms of wide receivers with at least six hundred receptions 
and 60 plus receiving touchdowns in their first 110 career games in the NFL. Uh, who is at number three at the moment? He's currently got 596 receptions. So he will leapfrog uh, the main man, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Who is that receiver? Uh, 596 receptions, uh, currently touchdowns 62. So if he gets a few more receptions, a couple more touchdowns, mm. he will be leapfrogging Larry Fitzgerald. Wide receiver. And that's a quiz for everybody. Not just for Charlie. This isn't the quiz question. Oh God, that's for a Chuff. tough one. I'll have a think about that and we'll... All right. Okay. So the wide receiver with 596 receptions, 62 touchdowns. He will be overtaking Larry Fitzgerald. Who is that wide receiver? Uh, right. Uh, in terms of injuries, Charlie, any that stand out for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like get a little soft spot for the Jets and Terrell Pryor has unfortunately been injured and they... They released him. They've signed Richard Matthews, who wasn't who wasn't getting a look in at the Titans. So that's a good pick up there. I'm gutted for Terrell Pryor, uh, uh, Derek Barnett of the Eagles, who I really liked last last year. The uh, defensive end who they uh, drafted, he's had soldier surgery. He's at. So we are getting to that point in the season that we say like teams are doing trades. They're putting p- p- players are getting unhealthy. They're waiting for those bye weeks. They're Players are going on injured reserve. We're getting to the nitty gritty now. We're sort of like, okay, well, these teams aren't clearly aren't in contention. So we're sort of separating the pack now. We're getting into the thicker things. Yeah, um, another player that's uh, gone down injured, uh, Lynch uh, Marshawn, uh, is on the uh, injured reserve. Um, and Doug Martin steps up. And again, I, ju- I just think it compounds the Raiders season where you're turning to another vet. Uh, Doug Martin did fantastically for the uh, the Bucks. Uh, remember watching him on the Hard Knocks, thinking I've got to draft this guy. That was a bad mistake uh, for my fantasy. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens then. That actually ties in with our Twitter poll uh, from last week, Charlie. You said uh, who's going to get the first draft pick? Uh, the options were the Giants, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Cards. Uh, who would you have gone for in that? I probably would have gone for the Raiders, possibly. The Cardinals, but I would have uh, Raiders. Yeah, well, uh, is on the clock. Uh, yeah, that they, they 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 need to start getting ready in the in the, in the could be in an the, argument for all of them, bar the Colts. I mean, the Giants. I mean, they're one and six as well, so it's, it's a pretty tough call. Yeah, we have got to talk about the Colts because they're they're it's just a flip side. I mean, they beat the Bills um, and looked they're looking stronger and stronger. The more that Andrew Luck is on that field, but yes, uh, to anybody who did get involved with it, the Twitter poll, it's just a bit of fun. Please get involved with it on our Twitter at Ice the Kicker Pod. Uh, Raiders, 42%. So congratulations to everyone who said that. Well, uh, not congrats yet. We'll have this wait and see. No, 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 it's, no, no, it's, you know, no, it's, it's the, the people have spoken, Charlie, yeah, that okay. the Raiders are going to get the first, we're well, yeah. definitely, you're telling me the Raiders uh, at home to the Colts who are looking very strong. No chance, mate. It's Andrew Lux all day. They're going to go now. The Raiders, what would what, that make them? Uh, Six and one and six or one and seven. Terrible scenes. Uh, no offense, uh, Raiders fans. All right. Okay. Let's recap on a couple of games uh, before we get to that big interview uh, with E-Rock. Um, you were at Wembley. Uh, fun scenes. It was a close game. Great game. I mean, I think between the two of us, we've probably covered three quarters of all the games in London, been to one of them. And uh, it was a great game. People were saying the best ever London game. So I can't say about that. I'm not sure. But it was a game where... It had it all. We saw great, huge, like, touchdown passes. We saw great pump returns. We saw, like, the two-point 
uh, the, going for the two points at the end for the win, the possibility of overtime. Was it Rivers' 75 yard to Matthews? Was it Matthews or yeah, Williams? So or it... I went with a, a couple of like my best friends and a, w- one of the guys, it was first ever NFL game. And I, you know, obviously when you bring someone along, you're trying to get anyone to the sport. And I was really selling it up. You ham up everything, even the bad points. And I said, well, look, I said, you're going to love Philip Rivers. I went, this guy is just a gunslinger. I went, he's absolutely superb. I went, it wouldn't surprise me. I went, he just throws bombs. I went, he, 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 chases it he's like okay I went you're gonna see something Rivers comes on first drive first play doesn't run the ball Melvin Gordon's out which is a shame because I talked him up it would have been a uh, a brilliant chance to watch another star on show anyway Rivers gets the ball first snap nine second drive boom 75 yards Terrence Williams I think Terrence is it no Mike Williams Saint Williams yeah uh, that's bad of me um just Mate, you were so catch. far away. I've seen this. You, yeah, go go, go in on Instagram nosebleeds. or Twitter. Yeah. Check out the nosebleeds. But you got your tickets early, so you were there. But there's yeah. no way you could have seen the... It's uh, so the, funny because we got name. to the upper tier. And I was like, guys, we've got great seats. We've got great seats. And then my friend James said, oh, what row are we? And I said, oh, row 40. And we looked, it was already in the upper tier. It said row one. I was like, ah. Oh. So uh, <laughs> another 40 rows to the back. But you could see, though, from the from the sideline, um, I think it's quite important where you sit in the stadium. I don't think we've ever mm. talked about it. But you, 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 whether you're someone who wants to see the play, how the, the, the teams yeah. line up. We could or... see everything, where the safeties were, where the corners were, the plays before, because we was on top. And we were at the back, but it was a great view. And we was out of the sun, more importantly, because the other half of the stadium was in pure sunlight and I've just seen so many photos on Twitter and Instagram where people were like anything to shade their eyes so oh, those, so I'm, I'm going to say it was a win on yeah. my behalf all those people spending £150 for their good seats and getting a suntan oh oh, the, the, oh got it guys but uh, um, no so back to the game it was, it was just a brilliant game we had it all and then obviously I have to talk about the, the real play that mattered it's a uh, it seemed like the charge the Titans just couldn't get anything going on offense the charges looked like every time they they were were out. They were just moving the chains. Were like were in real, um, like you felt like they was going to score every time they was on the field. Anyway, it sort of petered out a bit. The Chargers tried to run down the clock with Eckler, and uh, the Titans are. Uh, so we're seeing the points, and I'm like, the Titans need just one touchdown to tie the game yeah. to level the game. Oh, they get the ball. Obviously, it's the NFL. You know what it's like. It's so wild. It's so crazy. Titans get the ball. They move down the field. And I'm saying, I'm saying to my friend, I'm like, this is it. I went, they're going to score this. I went, you're going to see in your first game overtime in London. I went, it's going to be brilliant. We're going to get another 10 minutes. Titans get it. There's, so they, uh, they, it's 2019. First, they was on a, I think, fourth and fourth. They went for it on fourth. They didn't get flag comes in. They get another four attempts. They get the touchdown. So everyone's like, Hooray! like everyone's celebrating, man. You've got Titans fans going crazy. And Chargers fans, not too gutted because their team's over and they want to see a bit more play. Yeah. Everyone wants Rivers to come back on. We want, we want this overtime shoot at. So Titans are on. I'm like, I'm like, this is brilliant. I went either way. Like we're going to see some more football here. I'm like, they're going to tie it up with the extra point. And then he's like, no, Mariota's staying on the field. I'm like, Oh, I was like, so in one way it was bad. Cause I was like, right. They either score this, this two point conversion Titans win. Brilliant. We've seen it. It's or like they, 30 seconds yeah, left on the clock. Yeah. I was like, or they miss it. And the Chargers win. So it was kind of bittersweet because I was like, oh, I really want overtime. But the atmosphere went crazy because everyone knew and sensed the, the There's importance a moment. There's the a moment, moment. right? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's all on this one play. I was like, either Titans win here or the Chargers win here. It's that cutthroat. It's that symbol. And for some reason, literally everyone in the stadium just simultaneously stood up. And it was like... Do you, know, do you know what I mean? The excitement that would have been really, it was brilliant. And then they had the first one, 
flag. So they get another go at the two point. I thought, no. I thought, okay, he'll he'll bring the kicker on now because the first one didn't work. Tie up the game overtime. Keeps him on again. And I was like, oh, this is so bold. Like from Vrabel, I was like, I love this. And people are now saying, oh, it's not a good call, but it's very easy to say when you yeah, uh, hindsight. But they, yeah, but they, w- not gone. they went for it when they were playing the Eagles on fourth and one, and and, and he's an aggressive uh, coach. But I think he's, why he's they co- went it for me, it was like a little. You could look at it as a vote of confidence of like my my offense will get this two points. But I felt it was like the other way. It was like when we get the ball back and over time, I don't have the confidence in them to go up and yeah, down the field. We're, we're one it. yard away. This is a better chance than trying to get a hundred yards up the field. Do you feel like, cause I bumped into a Tennessee fan when I was in uh, Philly uh, and, um, and he was like, did they run the play or did they pass the play? Uh, you know? And, and I said, I think it was a passing play, wasn't it? And yeah, it was. And I, I think they should have run he, it. And he said, but we're a running team. Like, like, and that's his take on it. Yeah. You, know, you got Henry there. You got Dion Lewis. I was very surprised. I thought, oh, because he threw the first one, like I said, the flag. And I thought, no, they'll run this one. Threw again. I mean, it's, like you said, hindsight is very easy. Yeah, it is indeed. All right. Well, um, well I, I went along to the Philly Eagles and uh, what a game it was. Um, I used to kick her getting around. Tom's in Philadelphia. Thank you. I, don't worry about where the games are held. Thank you. That's Next will be in Mecca Gore. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. We'd be well <laughs> up for that. Um, but yes, so, so I, I went to the Eagles, uh, taken on the Panthers and um, caught up with E-Rock. We're going to play that interview in just a second. It's only a short little, little taster uh, of what it's all about. Tailgating was fantastic. Got there early, just in time. Uh, had to buy my ticket there. I was, was ready to sort of download them onto my mobile phone. I just wanted to soak up the atmosphere of my girlfriend. She's the Eagles fan. And um, an amazing story, uh, just to throw out there, that I said to her when I met her, you've got to choose a team. So last year, beginning three games in, she went, I'm going to choose the Eagles. It took her three weeks to choose a team. They go to win the Super Bowl. I have asked her if she was to do the same this year, who would she go for? So I could put a lot All of money on that. Numbers. Yeah. And, <laughs> but anyway, th- just an amazing atmosphere. Great fans, really passionate. But and the now fact- being at UK games and like American games, how was that in the whole thing? You just... Um, unbelievable if you've not been to go and see uh, a game in the u.s it's it's different it's different gravy it really is but that's not to take any anything from the uk it's just you're amongst diehard fans who grew up supporting that team so it's 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 entertaining you hear a lot of stuff you get to have a drink with them you really just soak it up a, a lot more um 17 up and then the eagles crumbled it was it was remarkable to watch Wentz go to Smallwood or Clement, then to the tight end, Zach Ertz, uh, and then got up. It, it, beautiful plays at time, but just the way they crumbled, that that's worrying. It's definitely a kind of time where the, the Eagles just won the Super Bowl. They're the current Super Bowl champs, but they just couldn't get it done. Would, would you say then, because to me, I, I come back, I saw it on Red Zone, and I'm thinking, wow, Tom's seen a blowout here by the Eagles. Great home win against a good Panthers side. And then all of a sudden capitulated, and now we're sitting here talking about, and it's funny because it has been mentioned and mooted with the Eagles. We're hearing of this Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely true. Um, and actually, uh, I may as well do it right now. Uh, I caught up with E-Rock, who's, who's part of the tailgating uh, in the F1 zone of the car park uh, from NBC Philadelphia, local celeb, amazing guy. This is what happened when I caught up with him. Okay. Alright, so here I am right now at the Lincoln Financial Field, or as the Link as they say in Philly, and I'm joined by the E-Rock uh, from the 4th and John. Tell me a little bit, E-Rock, about what happens here. I mean, I'm seeing it with my own eyes, but explain <laughs> it for people back in the UK. Well, you know, we uh, 
tailgating is a big part of Philadelphia football culture, right? So I grew up a season ticket holder, and me and my bro- and my parents and my brothers, we would all tailgate. And then with this social media explosion, I started sharing my experiences as an Eagles fan, you know, to people across the world. Uh, like, like yourself, you know, like the people in the U.K., they're going to see their Eagles in, a, in another week. Um, they're in Wembley Stadium, right? But just share the experience. And then the more people got to, like, know the tailgate, the more people wanted to see the tailgate and show up to the tailgate. So it's become an incredibly nice way for people online, Eagles fans from across the country. We got dudes from Texas. We got dudes from the U.K. We got dudes from all over the place, guys and gals just coming together and enjoying the, the Philadelphia spirit. One big family. Now, your get-up is, is incredible. I'm going to take a picture of us, if I, if I may, and then I'll put it yeah, on our Twitter absolutely. so everyone can see. But there's just like a, it's, it, it definitely feels like a party. Is that what it's like being a Philly fan? You know what? It's, uh, it hasn't always been a party. I mean, granted, winning the Super Bowl made it more of a party. But that's what we do. You know, we, we bond together. We all, as long as you're wearing these colors, your family, it doesn't matter your age, your race, your sex, your brother, they're, they're, none, of it, none of it matters. As long as you're wearing Eagles green, you're more than welcome to come down here and party with us. And you can see there's people from all ages, all walks of life here, just enjoying the day, enjoying the birds, and uh, about to get this W. Yeah, get this W for the birds. Um, I'm going to ask you, you right, because a lot of fans in the UK would like to know kind of how you feel as a Phillies fan that the team's doing this year. Uh, no JHI out now, Clement, small word coming in. What, what do you make of the team for your chances to repeat the Super Bowl? Well, the, the Super Bowl hangover is a, is a real thing. I, I, I can't uh, put it in the words. I can't articulate it. Uh, I don't have enough experience on the subject matter to speak on it with any expertise, but I can show you what a Super Bowl hangover is, and that's exactly what the Eagles did for the first five or six games of the season, or six five, first five games. But now we're sitting here at 3-3. Three and three. This is a must-win in the fact that, not for record purposes, but if we don't win this game against the Panthers, it's almost like everything we did against the New York Giants is for nothing. It was just the Eagles beating up on a bad team. If the Eagles go out there... And not only not turn the ball over on offense like they did against the Giants, not only sack the quarterback like they did four times against Eli Manning, not only uh, get off to a fast start like they did against the Giants or put up 30-plus points like they did against the Giants, but if the Eagles just play with that swagger. Last Thursday, they were out there. They were having fun. You saw them. It was almost like a glimpse of the 2017 team. If they play like that again today, you better watch out because these Eagles are going to get on a roll and it's going to be over for a lot of people. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I- I'm going to ask one final question. Yeah. It took a long time to win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They win one now. What would you say to the other teams? Like, just I'm picking a team at random. The Buffalo Bills never won a Super Bowl. What, do they have to just keep faith that maybe one day? Listen, I'm, I'm sure we share this story with a, with a lot of other teams like the Browns, like the Lions, like a lot of other teams that haven't won a Super Bowl. And there's diehard fans from those teams that sit in traffic and just daydream about what it would be like to see a parade in their town and the see and the see and the see a Super Bowl and we didn't know it was going to happen to us we weren't expecting this it was it was such a pleasant surprise but just keep your head up go out tailgate party support your team be there during the rough times because that makes the good times so much better I think about days like this when it's cold and it's rainy out or when it was snowing at the vet or when we were walking out of there after losing NFC Championship games. And that made it all worth it. So keep your chin up, guys. You know, we're, we're, we're rooting for you unless you're playing the birds and go birds. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, E-Rock, what a character. Great guy. Uh, 
hangover is definitely happening from the Super Bowl. Uh, three and four now. They lost that game. The Panthers came back into it. They did have a chance to win it, but then uh, Carson Wentz... Especially as you said, it's a must-win game today. Then they went and losing that uh, fourth quarter but, tough way. But it's interesting. Um, I'm going to post a picture uh, of me and E-Rock. Uh, check out on our Instagram and on our Twitter. Uh, top guy. Interesting enough, what he was talking about with his fans, uh, the people that follow him, was, you know, would you trade for any player right now? But then he's saying, actually, the 53 players that are on this kind of hangover need to improve because they've got the talent there. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see them this Sunday. We'll talk about the Jags versus the Eagles in just a second. Charlie, talk to me about the PUP. It's something we do every single week on our podcast. Uh, but before that, uh, I want to talk about the Redskins. Why, why are they catching your eye at the moment, Charlie? Well, it's funny because, you know, when it, we try to cover all teams on it. And one of the reasons we wanted to talk a little bit about the Redskins because they're a little team that sort of kind of, they're not a little team, I mean, they're a team that kind of flying under the radar a little bit. And they're 4-2, and two, which is a great record. But they're in a division where everyone else is a little bit off the boil and it's theirs for the taking. So we're seeing the Giants, one and six, the Eagles, three and four, and the Cowboys, I believe. What are the Cowboys, Tom? Uh, Cowboys are looking at, well, they're on a fire week at the moment. They're three and four, are they? Yeah, they're roughly around. So we're we're looking at the Redskins. This is their time. They won the division a few years back and I really like what I see on defense. I love the Alex Smith pickup, even though we do talk about this Dinkin and Duncan style. I love Swearinger at, the, at safety, Norman at cornerback. I love the defensive line. I just, I really like what I'm seeing in the Redskins, but it would kind of be typical Redskins when they are four and two and when everyone else in their division isn't firing on all cylinders. They play the Giants this week. They need to like really hammer the nail in the coffin of the Giants. Now it would be so Redskins to then go and lose. It de- definitely Dallas and Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are three and four. Washington Redskins. The way they just saw the Cowboys off, like made sure that Elliott didn't have a big day. Mm. Uh, they they forced uh, Prescott to pass it more. Yeah, Cole Beasley picked up uh, a lot of the catches instead of Gallup, but but actually the Redskins. I love the way did, they got to Prescott though. I mean, every time Cowboys yeah. have a great offensive line, but the, the Redskins got there, and we just. Why I want to talk about the Redskins and sort of give them some love and, and shout about him is because we always talk about the so-called more fancier teams or the teams that are just more like poster boys for the NFL. But it's this undivision love. Like also a little bit with the Lions. Like people might want to talk about the Vikings or the Packers. The Lions have picked up great wins against the Packers, Patriots, and now Miami, who are doing really well themselves. They've gone into Miami and won. So the Lions are there. It's what I call this under-division love. And we're seeing the Redskins and Lions and teams like this. And even the Bengals, because you talk about maybe the Steelers or the Ravens, the season they're having, but the Bengals are there and thereabouts. All right. I know you, off you, day picked, to the Chiefs. You, you picked for them. No, but you, I, I like these under-the-radar teams. And I like to see this is when they're having a strong year and when no one else in their division. So if it carries on this way... They're at home in the playoffs, the Redskins. Yeah. Talk about that. Um, I, I like the fact that they are the underdogs and the fact that Peterson, Adrian Peterson, is is getting yards this year. Didn't do it for the Saints. Didn't do it for the Cards. Looking good. But why is he having yards? Because the Redskins have had a slew of injuries. I mean, yeah. look at Darius Geist. They drafted him injured. They've they done it without... <laughs> everyone seems to be injured. Their wide receivers are banged up. They're just... They've had some tough luck. Geis was going to be their running back, wasn't he? Uh, It got injured. Peterson's there. Chris Thompson's banged up. He's injured Mm. at the moment. Uh, You've got Crowder there. Uh, 
Jordan Reed is, is seems to be the go-to Paul guy. Paul Richardson for, injured. But, but yeah, if but. you want a game manager, and we said it before about Alex Smith, he is your man. And I feel like they're going to get that win against the Giants. And, and under Gruden as well. So I, I, I like it. I like them. Well, at least one Gruden's winning <laughs> in, uh, in the NFL. Um, listen, um, PUP, uh, you picked one. It's not an easy week to get a PUP. We basically say, who was physically unable to perform this week? They were playing, but they didn't perform. Um can we be controversial this week? Go for the the guys in the in the the white and black. I think so. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not a, it's not a slate on anyone. It's not a dig. It's just when you're not performing to the best of your abilities, and the officials sometimes, as as the players, can't always be fantastic. You know, you're going to have an off day, and the officials now in a couple of games this season, when the brands have made some very dubious calls, the the Garrett sack um, strip fumble yeah, wasn't against, it? They didn't get that. that. That would have been a completely different result. And uh, this one against Mayfield, the helmet hit. We've heard all season about protecting the quarterback and and trying to erode these 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 helmet hits out of the game. Do not use your helmet as a weapon. Well, this hit on Mayfield was terrible, and it wasn't given because. He was running. He was almost acting like a running back. If if the quarterback was still running, he's hit, um, he hasn't come to a stop. It's deemed that he's in play or something. I'm, yeah, I'm not, you're, I'm not you're getting fair the game. full technical. Yeah. You are fair game. But that hit was terrible. And that completely changed. That should have been, you know what I mean? So that could have changed the game. And that was a, and now they're reviewing it afterwards and they would have got it. I don't want to keep going back to it in the week. These have got to be dealt with at the time. So, Poor call, PUP for the week, the officials uh, who are not giving the brands much love. Yeah, not much love. Uh, another overtime they went to. They love an overtime. Fourth the overtime. The Browns love an overtime. five for the year. And I think it's the most overtimes consecutively we've had in the NFL. Well, I tell you what, uh, Hugh Jackson, he, he feels like he's definitely on overtime at the moment. Uh, head coach there, uh, not saying anything by that, but I, I basically am. Uh, fantasy, Charlie, we've got to talk about it. Our teams, the Green Bay Packers uh, and my team, the Niners, went head to head. You were triumphant. You had no partaking in that, but you, you did get some swagger and walked with some style and confidence. Uh, but then in the fantasy, we went head to head this week. And uh, Charlie, I think it's up to you to take it away from for, for, for everybody. What, what happened this week, Charlie? We played each other. Uh, I was dealt with another cruel loss. Carl Rudolph come up against Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz decided to uh, catch everything under the sun and went for yeah. about 500 As yards and do. points. As and, he uh, should do. I got whipped. And Lamar Miller stepped up for me. Thank you very much. Uh, mm. So there you go. I had um, Matt Breeder running back, 0.5 fumble injury, pulled him out. So that was a nice play for him, good return. Uh, yeah. Fantasy. Moving on. It moving on. Uh, that's uh, the look in his eyes says move on. All right, boom or bust. Um, I had a shocker last week where I picked. No, uh, boom you or bu- shocker, yeah, boom yeah, or bust. Yeah, yeah. I said you watch NFL. Yeah, I do occasionally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but good one. Uh, Anderson came in for the Bills. I didn't. I didn't know that that was going to happen. Uh, but uh, he did not deliver because I said the Bills were going to beat the Colts. Mm-mm, that was not going to happen. Um, and I also had uh, another boom or bust as well that would have basically just just sucked. Just busted. Uh, yeah. So um, what, what are we going for this week, Charlie, for, for you, boom or bust? My bust this week is... That- oh, wait a second. No, actually, stop. Oh. Stop, ah. everybody. Here's the prediction from Charlie last week. The San Francisco... 49ers would beat the Why LA are you Rams. happy about that? It's your team. No, I'm happy. But I said, they're my team. But I said to you, it's not going to happen. You were like, 
Mark my words. Watch it. It's happening. Yeah, then their cornerbacks were out. A couple more injuries. Breeder got injured. So, I mean, I was obviously, that was working against me. Yeah, yeah. So you said that the Rams <laughs> were going to work. No, it's, it's, it's just written in the stars for Green Bay to go and win there this week. So what, what are you saying for this week? What should be my bust? My bust is that you will get another uh, nothing right. No, I'm joking. My bust, <laughs> my bust, we just spoke about it. And I do love the Redskins, but I'm going to, I actually believe that when the division is there for the taking, the Giants will beat the Redskins. So the Redskins will bust this week. Even though I, I just spoke them up, I just got a funny feeling that they're going to do that awful thing just when it's there. They don't get it over the line. My boom is that Russell Wilson will throw for over 300 yards and three passing touchdowns against the Lions. Wow. Okay, I like that. Uh, right back at me. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it. You you say I don't back my 49ers. You know what? CJ Beathard, yeah, he's going to throw for th- three touchdowns versus the Cardinals. That, that Kittle lineup is happening. That's a boom. Ooh. But I'll tell you what, the bust is the cards are going to win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. A boom and a bust in the, the same, same game. game. I love it. Thank you. All right. So listen, um, this is a Thursday podcast that we're sending out this week. And I, I like it because tonight... Big match, Thursday night football. Uh, it is the Texans at home to the Miami Dolphins. There's been some um, changes. Both teams looking good at the moment. Uh, what do you reckon for, for this game tonight, Charlie? How, how do you see this one going? Well, it's funny because I actually read a tweet earlier from Ross Tucker and he said for a Thursday night game with teams both in winning records, he went, this is generating the least amount of buzz. And you know what? I have to agree with him and it's quite sad because the Texans... It's funny because they started 0-3. They're now 4-3. They have won four straight games. And we, we got this question from the Texans UK saying, are we, are we in the running for the division? The Titans are falling away. The Jags have lost on the bands. The Titans have lost on the bands. The Texans just keep winning. They're in top spot. That division has completely flipped on its head. And I love a game where people might go, oh, Two not major teams, not exciting teams, but they're both in winning records. And I love a game where both teams... They want it. Not that, but obviously they want it. But both teams feel like they should be beating this other team. They sh- yep. if, if we're going to do anything this season, like if you ask the Texans, oh, we should be beating the Dolphins. But if you speak to the Dolphins, we should be beating the Texans. The Dolphins have played well. And I have a funny feeling it's going to be a great, great game tonight. I'm not sure who I'm going to go for. Mm, should I go for I'm, I'm saying... All right, I'll go to... Fins up. Okay. Fins... Just, just for a... Just, just a bit of fun of it. But a, a great game, both winning records. And if they do want to make playoffs, you do anything, you do have to win these games. You do indeed. Uh, the Texans looking good. JJ Watt uh, is back um, and, and getting sacks. Miami Dolphins, Osweilers uh, calling the plays, really. Um, and uh, they've no, they've not got steals or, or your main man, Wilson. So I think I th- I'd, I'd lean towards the Texans. Hopkins wants the ball. And if he's pressing circle on the spin move, uh, that is what I would like to see more of, to be honest with you. Um, yes, so uh, Charlie, got to look at this uh, for the Sunday uh, game that is happening in the UK. Uh, but before that, the big one, Green Bay versus the Rams. Is that your pick of the week for, for games? It has to be for the games, purely not, not because I'm a Green Bay fan. I just think it's the battle of the Aarons. Aaron Rodgers vs. Aaron Donald. I can't wait. Who's going to come out on top? Green Bay are going to have to stop the monstrous defense, uh, offense that is the Rams. But then, you know, are we going to click finally? Green Bay, are we... They're going to have to stop us, you know? And they've, they've leaked a few um, yards, uh, the Rams, you know? It's, it's quite similar in the stats, not similar in the records. And I hope it's one of the game when when we talk up a game, 
it delivers. Sometimes yeah. it's the games that we don't talk about. But Rams-Packers, it should be a shootout. I, I just can't wait. But I'm really hoping Go Pack Go inflict uh, the Rams' first defeat, even though I do have a man crush on Sean McVay. God, he is the coolest man <laughs> alive. I don't know. He just He's so cool. He exudes he's, confidence. Yeah, his style. energy, his enthusiasm, Swag. his passion is so contagious. It's brilliant. I'm such a fan of him and, and what he's doing. But it just should just be a great game, even for the neutral. Okay. Uh, well, the brace is coming off uh, for, for Rodgers. Is it the game for that to happen when Donald is flying forward and Indomitian Sue? And they got, they've got history uh, from the Lions, yeah. uh, the Green Bay games. Uh, well, for me, uh, it's got to be the Jags uh, versus the Eagles uh, this Sunday. Um, it's it's going to be a great game. Uh, when I say that, I mean two teams that definitely need to get back to winning ways. So it's going to be exciting. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Carlos Hyde uh, uh, running the ball uh, for the Jags, but then the Eagles, a team that definitely need to be running the football a lot better. But I think, you know, Wentz going to Zach Ertz is going to happen a lot that day. And um, yeah, I, c- I can see the Eagles uh, getting a win, getting it, back to winning ways. Oh, interesting. It, sh- it should be a great game. On paper, we have the Super Bowl champs. He's a team that was in the last four. And, and now, like you said, we have a team that both need a win. The Jags have lost two on the bands, and we're talking about them as a powerhouse and already in the AFC Championship. They beat the Patriots. And the Eagles, we need to get over this super hangover. So there is so much on the line. And the fact that we're getting this game at London, it's a great way to end the international series. And I am very excited about it for, for a number of reasons. But um, it should be, should be a great one. Who's going to be the quarterback for the Jags? Bortles. I think, yeah, they've already said it. Bortles is starting, yeah. Oh, maybe he just needed but a rest comes, in the third quarter. He comes to fire in London. He did. And because the last one, the Jags-Ravens, that was, a, oh, that was dirty. It was filthy. Sorry, Ravens fans. Uh, listen, um, that is pretty much the end of our podcast uh, for week eight. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we will be back. Oh. Next week, what's the answer yeah, to that mate, I'm, I'm there. I'm already. You've got to trust me because uh, I just wanted to say, please do. Uh, if you're NFL fans, uh, I'm going to be there on Sunday. Um, spread the love. If you see us, come say hi. Uh, we're going to be taking pictures uh, as per usual, um, and just spread the word. You know, I know there's other podcasts that you can get your uh, NFL fixed, but you know. We're getting no financial backing or anything. Do I sound needy now, Charlie? Yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, look, please, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Just give the sp- people what they want, the answer to the question. Okay, I'll give you the answer to the question. I asked you about the wide receivers with almost 600 receptions and 60 receiving uh, touchdowns. Uh, who was the wide receiver? He's currently on 596 receptions. Can I have a quick clue? Uh, 62 touchdowns. Uh, Not obvious clue, because I'm lost on this uh, A team that play in orange, he's a wide receiver. Uh, Thomas? No. That would be the Broncos. There's another team that play in uh, orange. Landry? It is not Landry. It's not the Cleveland Browns. Ah! Another wide receiver. Come on. Talk to me about fantasy. He's always in the top 10 that will go. Uh, the, answer, the answer, ladies and gentlemen, is AJ Green for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. Almost 600 receptions, 62 oh, touchdowns. Black, not orange. Or that. Technical. What? what? Technical. Their okay. primary colors. Ah! Well, I wasn't talking. <laughs> anyway, listen, that is the end of the podcast. Uh, an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Charlie. We will catch you next week.